You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Thursday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. We have Iowa versus Ohio State basketball taking place tonight, and we are going to be doing a full crossover episode with Jay Stevens, host of the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, giving you the insight you need to know about tonight's game between Iowa and Ohio State. That is coming up on the show. I know yesterday was National Signing Day. Not a lot of big news to report. Uh, we already knew who was basically signing with Iowa. No surprises there. Kirk Ferentz did speak to the media, and we're going to be breaking down his responses on tomorrow's show. On tomorrow's show, we're also going to be doing a, re- preview, a review excuse me, of hopefully what is Iowa's win over Ohio State, and then giving you a preview of Iowa versus Indiana that's taking place over the weekend. That's all coming up on tomorrow's show. But with that being said, let's get into today's show, our crossover episode with Jay Stevens, host of Locked on Buckeyes, breaking down tonight's game, Iowa versus Ohio State. We have Andrew Wade from Locked on Hawkeye, Hawkeyes with us. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How you doing, Jay? Nice to be on the show, man. I'm doing very, very well. A little crossover action here, preparing for the big game tonight. And just got a few questions for you about Iowa, their season, how they have gone, ups, downs, things like that. If you were to describe the way Iowa has played basketball this season to someone that knows nothing about the team, how would you describe them? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that answer depends on if you're looking at the last three games or the first, you know, 13 games before that. But I think from an Iowa basketball perspective, it's get up the court, get up the court fast, shoot the ball quickly and attempt to play defense. I think you can sum it up like that. I mean, it's clear when you look at the Ken Palm rankings, Iowa is a phenomenal offensive team. They're number one in the nation and defense. They are the worst in the big 10. They're 117th. I guess I haven't checked Nebraska, but I don't even bother to look for Nebraska on the Ken Palm rankings. Cause honestly, is why is Nebraska playing basketball? Who actually cares? But yeah, no, it's basically get up the floor quick, shoot the ball and attempt to play defense. Uh, I say attempt. I mean, they're trying, right? They're just not very good at it. They leave open three-point shooters like it's nobody's business. And in transition, if you get someone fast like Iowa Sumo, uh, they're going to destroy Iowa's transition defense. So that's basically my summary of Iowa this year so far. That's a great way to say it because even when you look at the Michigan State game, it seemed like I was I was kind of vaguely going back and forth from watching that game and doing some personal things. I was doing podcast stuff. And I look up at halftime. It's a single-digit game. I'm thinking Iowa should have blown Michigan State out. But for some reason, the defense that you spoke about allowed Michigan State to hang in the game. It was even a close game at the end. Kind of confusing because I thought Iowa was a better basketball team overall, and they should. And the game, Andrew, shouldn't have been that close. Yo, you and me both, man. I had a I had a great time talking about it on the podcast yesterday. It was not a happy show despite getting the win. Michigan State is an okay basketball team, right? There's definitely some, some benefits or positives about that team, but they haven't been playing well, and Iowa should have blown them out. But they didn't bring the energy, and you would expect them to be able to bring that energy when they've lost two consecutive games, one being Indiana where they shouldn't have lost. They just literally couldn't hit water if they fell out of boat from a shooting perspective. The worst shooting performance they've had in five years outside of Michigan in the Big Ten Conference game and then you get Illinois and they played a good game Illinois is a fantastic team hats off to Illinois great team Um, it was a great battle I think officiating was questionable at best and honestly I think all those refs should be probably suspended for the rest of the year for how atrocious they were but that's just my thoughts I think Iowa could have won that game but you expected them to come out motivated and they just 
didn't. The energy just wasn't there. They weren't closing out on shooters. They weren't getting in their face, and then they weren't hitting all their shots. So Iowa, when they're not shooting well, they can't afford to play relatively lackadaisical defense. When they're on shooting, it doesn't matter who you are, you're not going to beat Iowa because you can't keep up with them offensively. But it hurts them when they're not bringing the intensity defensively. Fran sat his starters, everyone but Luka Garza, for almost the entire second half. The last 10 minutes of that game, when Iowa was actually tied with Michigan State, they got the lead by playing every backup and Luka Garza. So I think that goes to show you the depth Iowa has, but it also goes to show you that that's a little bit ridiculous that the, the starters are not bringing the energy and not able to play that defense that you would expect um, in an Iowa basketball game. That's like a Greg Popovich-esque kind of move where your starters minus one guy who is pop, possibly going to win the player of the year for the entire country this year. You have him there, your backups, yes, it's a good thing for your for the depth, but it's also like, hey, man, I'm a starter. I'm here for a reason. You, you recruited me to be here to be a key piece of this team. Put me on the court, but it's like, nah, man, you got to teach you a lesson. This is, when yeah. that, this is when that lesson is going to be learned from you. It was lesson teaching time, man. I mean, you look at the minutes. Luka Garza is always going to play because he is he is the the best hustler in the nation. Also, the most talented player. But 35 minutes, you look at the starters outside of that. Joe Wieskamp, 24. Jordan Bohannon, 20. Connor McCaffrey, 19. CJ Frederick, 12 minutes. Granted, Frederick's been injured. Jack Nundy on the bench, 23 minutes. Joe Toussaint, 21. Keegan Murray, 15. Tony Perkins, 13. I just listed to you three freshmen that played a majority or a decent chunk of that game. And all, th- all three of those guys had plus minuses that were better than most of the starters in Iowa. So, I mean, it's just, to me, the depth has been amazing, but it's, it's upsetting to me that he has to teach his veteran starters a lesson in a key Big Ten game. And I know Michigan State sucked, but when you play Michigan State, especially where they've been, you expect a bigger win in that. It's, it's just been a little bit disappointing. But I'm excited. We get Ohio State tonight. That is an opportunity for Iowa to right the ship, but I'm a little bit concerned because Ohio State – is a better team than I thought they would be coming into this season. I didn't think they'd be bad, but man, they have been phenomenal offensively, man. They have been. And it's, it's been something that's been shocking to me when looking at this Ohio state basketball team play, how, and I was talking to, uh, to Ben Stevens about this earlier. There's no ego. That's one thing I was, I like watching this team with Ohio state, the ego goes out the window from the ego that you have from being the big man on campus in high school to coming into Ohio state, your ego is down, your guard is down and you're just playing basketball with your boys, with your buddies, and whoever scores the basketball, that's how the basketball is being played. And that's a great testament to Chris Holtman and how he's able to get all these guys, all these guys that have, they come in with big heads, say, hey, man, you ain't, you're not all that no more. You, you're, this is the Big Ten, play tough basketball. And the offense that Ohio State has played, it's not just EJ Liddell, even though lately he has been a, the leading scorer in many of the games recently. It's everybody playing together and consistent. And it's going to be a tough out because Iowa's defense, not the best at all. I think you said worse in the Big Ten. Ohio State's offense, when they're clicking, they're clicking very well. And they're very hard to stop, man. Yeah, but when you look at Ohio State's defense, so when you look at macro level, these teams actually kind of match up pretty well in the sense of they're kind of the same team. Offensively, Ohio State's phenomenal. Defensively, and you can talk a little bit more about what they bring to the table defensively, but when you're 67th in Ken Palm, I like to use Ken Palm and his lease as a, a sounding board for what to look at and then getting into the micro level things. But Ohio State plays a different kind of offense, a little bit slower tempo, um, maybe not as efficient shooting the ball from three. So you're right. It is going to be an interesting game, but Iowa – 
as long as Iowa can shoot the ball, it's going to be a high scoring game, right? I don't think they're going to be able to stop Ohio state defensively that well. Um, and it's just going to be basically who can outscore the other team. Cause I don't think either of these team defenses can really stop either of these teams offenses, which is not what we typically see in a big 10 battle this year. All right, y'all, I need to quickly pause that conversation because I need to tell you about rockauto.com. Let me give you a little bit of a story because I have personally experienced the amazing benefits of rockauto.com. I went to the auto dealership, needed to replace a few parts. They said I needed to replace my cabin air filter and my engine air filter. I said, I'm not going to pay to do that. I think I can do it myself. I go to the brick and mortar store. They were going to charge me $70 for these two parts. I decided to use rockauto.com and their easy and remarkably unique catalog. And I found my parts in less than five minutes. I bought them for $20, saving me $50 on two parts, and I have it had it delivered directly to my door. That's the beauty of rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. And like I said, as you can tell by my story, their prices are phenomenal. So go check out rockauto.com for all your auto parts and body, auto body and auto parts needs all at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. Now let's turn our attention back to our crossover episode with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. No, it's not. And you think about the defensive battles, Ohio State... I'm in my head trying to wonder and be very, very curious. And I don't want to focus on a focus in on one player, but he is the one player who had to focus on on Iowa. How does Ohio State try to schematically go about slowing down Luca Garza? Not gonna say they're gonna stop him. That's kind of irrelevant. That's kind of dumb to say. It's stupid. He's that he's just too good. But how do you attempt to try to slow him down? Kyle Young, I think, will play him, guard him a little bit. EJ Ladeau will play him a little bit. I'm just curious about where the double teams have come from, what angles they'll come from, uh, defensive rotations, weak side help, how quickly it comes, what player is coming over to help. Those type of details, those are the things that I'm looking for because if the double team comes from the wrong, wrong way or from the wrong player, it's two points or three points, and you're thinking we did everything right, but you didn't because you left the wrong man wide open for the three. Those are the kind of things I'm looking forward to tonight to see what kind of schematic had a chess match things McCaffrey and Holtman play back and forth with each other yeah the Luka Garza matchup is going to be really interesting because when you go into this game basically coaches have either one or two strategies let Luka Garza get his and stop the shooters or you attack Luka Garza constantly with double triple teams um, with help side defense that kind of thing and hope Iowa doesn't knock down those shots that's what Indiana did and it worked because Iowa couldn't hit the broad side of a barn but for the most part, it hasn't been that successful because Luca Garza is a phenomenal passer out of the post. He does a great job of finding his. And also, you can triple team him and he's still going to score. Which, But I thought that was interesting because Ohio State doesn't bring that much size in the post, especially when you compare it to a lot of the other teams in the Big Ten. And when you look at their four losses, they are faced up against three of the best 
big men in the Big Ten. Liam Robbins, Travion Williams, Kofi Coburn, and then Travion Williams again. And I look at these stat lines. Liam Robbins, I'm familiar with Liam. I went to Drake University. I'm very familiar with Liam and what he does. Not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. Scored 27 points on 6-9 and nine shooting, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks. Travion Williams, 16 points in both games. Uh, 7 rebounds in one, 9 rebounds in the other. He also had 8 assists. And then and Kofi the first, Coburn. The game, it was 8 assists, I believe. Yep, yep, exactly. Yep, yeah. 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 Um, I had those backwards. Yeah, Kofi Coburn, 15 points on 7 of 7, shooting 11 rebounds and 3 blocks. Um, I'm sorry, but those guys can't hold Luka Garza's jockstrap, in my opinion. No, uh, I think Kofi, no. we, we saw what Kofi did against Luka. It wasn't that much. Luka did a f- phenomenal job of uh, going against him. Uh, Luka Garza's the difference here. I mean, those four losses, it was against four, three of the best big men in the Big Ten, but now you're going up against the best one who can score from any point on the court, also can shoot the three. So that'll be really interesting to see, me to see how Ohio State handles it and whether or not Iowa shooters can just knock down a few shots. I'm curious. I got a question for you, Andrew, because – Buckeye fans have noticed and fans around the Big Big Ten have seen when C.J. Walker came back to the team after being down a few games due to a a torn ligaments in his hand, he's now the backup. He's not starting. Justin Arns, who was coming off the bench, he has been a starter now. What do you think the bench does with C.J. Walker when he comes in in that six-man role to try to anchor and try to push the bench scoring of the Buckeyes. What can Iowa do to try to slow him down? Yeah, so first off, I just want to say I hate Justin Aarons. I hate him. He, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was him who just went off against Iowa. It might have been last year or the year before, um, three-point shooting. I didn't know who the guy was. All of a sudden, he pops off the bench and just starts hitting everything. So I, I hate him. That's, that's what he does, man. Does it so well, too. It's so annoying. I look for him to probably have a big game because you're going to get at least four or five open looks against an Iowa defense. They just – they're good for 70% of the game defensively. And the other 30%, they, they, these guys get 10 feet of separation between them and the next closest person to shoot threes. Um, but back to the CJ Walker question, honestly, doesn't concern me. And, okay. and the reason why I say that is Iowa's second string unit is stronger defensively than their first string unit. Okay. Because what Fran McCaffrey's done a really good job of pulling the strings, pull, putting the right people in there. Typically, he'll mix it, mix it up. He'll put in Keegan Murray, uh, a true freshman. He'll put in Joe Toussaint. He'll put in um, you know Tony Perkins and Jack Nunji. Or he'll have Luka Garza in there. So when you talk about perimeter defense, though, that's primarily focusing on Joe Toussaint, Tony Perkins, maybe Patrick McCaffrey, Keegan Murray. Um, Patrick McCaffrey and Keegan Murray have a lot of great length, and they're very athletic, so they can get their hands in the passing lanes. So the perimeter defense gets better when those younger guys step in. They bring more energy to the game. They're a little bit more athletic than our starters. So C.J. Walker coming off the bench, if he's going up against that second-string unit, he might be okay, but I'm not as concerned about that as I am Justin Irons starting and going against our starters because there are going to be some wide open looks. And I did a, did some analysis a couple of weeks ago. And when you look at three point shooters, when they face Iowa, there's always one, there's always one guy who ends up having the best night compared to his season average. Uh, Brandon Johnson against Minnesota is the easy one to point to. He's shooting like 25% for threes from this year against Iowa, eight of nine. The guy couldn't freaking miss. But again, that's what happens when you have wide open looks. So uh, Justin Owens is definitely a guy that concerns me. Dwayne Washington, you talked about him being a scorer. He's a guy who concerns me as well, at least from a three-point shooting perspective. Um, So yeah, that's that's my concern. I'm curious for you though, um, because Iowa has, again, they've done a great job of pulling those strings, bringing in that second unit. And they have actually created leads. They created leads against Michigan State starters. They blew out Rutgers starters. They created a lead against Maryland starters. Not a lot of teams can do that with their backups. 
Does that concern you going against Ohio State? How I mean, what are those rotations look like? How big is that rotation? Is it an eight-man rotation? Is it a 10-man rotation? What does what does Ohio State do to combat that? Generally about an eight or nine-man rotation that Chris Holtman has going on currently. And I'm kind of curious about that myself. It's kind of one of those things. It's kind of a question mark. Um, kind of think that something is in my head because the, you do get some production off the bench. It's just who is it? And that's one of the things I went back. I talked about with the, with the ego early on. The ego of the Buckeyes that's huge, but who is going to step up? Lately, you've gotten Seth Towns, who's a transfer, I believe, from Harvard, former Ivy League Player of the Year, who has shown, shown some flashes of what he can do. But he's still recovering from a second major knee injury. He's not practicing consistently. He's not um, being able to get acclimated with the team. So I'm just not sure. Is it Musa Jallo? There's certain players that are coming off the bench that can be key pieces. I just don't know. And so I hate to be the guy to come out here and be like, I don't know. I have I supposed to have all the answers, but I don't know. But that's literally where I am, man. It's like yeah. I I I don't have I don't have the answer to that question. It's one of those like you have to, you have to wait and see. Who steps up in that game? That's kind of how Ohio State has been in every game this year. Who steps up? You know what you're going to get from Liddell, but who is it off the bench? One or two players that steps up off the points or via the defense or via just the minute details that make you really, really good and a key piece to the team. It seems like it's someone different every single day. I remember earlier in the year, they had a game on CBS. I forget who the play-by-play broadcaster was. But Eugene Brown from Ohio State, I think he hit three key threes in the second half, and all of a sudden I heard downtown Eugene Brown. Well, the commentator was having fun with it, but Eugene Brown hasn't really made that many shots since that time. Just one of those things you kind of have to roll with the punches. That's a long way to say, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, are you telling me that Eugene Brown hit three of his five three-pointers the entire year in one game and they were calling him downtown so. Brown? That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, re- I really I really enjoyed that because I had to quickly pull up Ken Palm because I was like, I remember there was a guy on the roster who was 5 of 22, and I was like, is that Eugene Brown? It absolutely was. I love that. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's, what, that's what makes good teams great, though, is that you have players that can step up, and I think that's what makes this an interesting matchup because Iowa also has that. Luka Garza. Is or EJ Little? He's the guy who's always going to be there. A bad night for Luca is 25 points and 10 rebounds on 70% shooting. Like, that's absurd to me. That's a bad night. I literally had this conversation on the show yesterday saying Luca had an off night. The dude went off for 30 points and 10 rebounds and shot 50% from the field. And I had to also preface it with this is a great night for 99.9% of the college basketball players in the country. But Luka Garza is going to get his, whether it's Joe Wieskamp, whether it's Jordan Bohannon, whether it's CJ Frederick, if he's healthy or one of those bench guys, that's what makes this a very interesting matchup as well, because you're getting production from across the roster. That's why Ohio state's ranked right now. That's why Ohio state is one of the best teams in the big 10. And also why Iowa is one of the best teams in the big 10 to you though. How big of a game is this for Ohio state? Because they got a tough stretch coming up, man. They got some tough games coming up. How big is it to get a huge win on the road against Iowa? All right, one more pause before we finish up our crossover episode with Jay. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag because it's the one place that has you covered and the one place I trust for all of my betting needs. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And tonight we have a big game, Iowa versus Ohio State. You want to play some money on that game? You want to put a little bit of extra money in your pocket? Go to betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't just watch the 
the game. You know Iowa's going to win this one, so put a little bit of extra money in your pocket. Bet on that over, bet on that spread. Iowa is going to cover and put a little bit of extra money in your pocket. So go to betonline.ag, sign up for that free account, and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And if you haven't checked out Big Ten Ben at Locked On Big Ten, you need to do it. Ben Stevens does a phenomenal job with the Locked On Big Ten podcast, breaking down all the big storylines across the conference every single day. He has a slew of fantastic guests, including myself. I'm on quite a bit. We also see Lucy Rodine from Iowa. We see some other guest commentators from the Iowa media, Iowa media on that show. So check out Locked On Big Ten podcast when you're done listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast and listen to Big Ten Ben break down all the big storylines in the Big Ten. Now let's turn our attention back to segment number three of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, our crossover episode with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. It's huge. You talk about a, a tough road coming up. Look at the look at who the Buckeyes played. Ohio State played in January. The game's escaped me right now, but they they went through a gauntlet in January. And you're you're right. Ohio State has what well, Maryland's Maryland on Monday. I won't go into detail with that. <laughs> but they have IU coming up on the 13th. Indiana University, Penn State again, which should be another win. You have to go to there, but it's Penn State. Uh, Michigan on the 21st. Michigan State on the 25th, and then Iowa again on the 28th. So the middle of the middle of the month, not the hardest, but it is kind of hard towards the end. And then you have to play Illinois once again before the Big Ten Conference Tournament. So the last four games of the year, Michigan State will be playing better by that time at the end of the month. I do expect as a top Izzo coach team, February, they turn things around, turn it up, turn up the heat, and all of a sudden they find their way in the Sweet 16 when early in the season they weren't that hot at all. I don't know how he does it. But yes, it's impressive, man. It's truly impressive how Tom Izzo does it. I mean, if he if they're a seven race seed, I'm putting them to get to at least the lead eight this year. They'll find a way to do it. But I mean, it's interesting because the Big Ten's tough, man. I mean, Maryland just won a big game. We're recording on Wednesday. The show's posting Thursday, but they won a big game on Tuesday night. Indiana, I know all about losing to Indiana. And then Penn State's, I mean, Penn State's 38th in Ken Palm. What where did this come from? Penn State's six and eight, but they are beating teams. They're making things tough. Yes, they lost to Wisconsin, but they also just beat Wisconsin. Yeah. They beat Rutgers. They beat Northwestern. I mean, they barely lost to Ohio State. These are, I mean, it's tough, man. The Big Ten is just so tough this year, and no game is a gimme. And I think that's what makes the games against the top teams even more important. That's why beating Ohio State for Iowa at home is so huge. You need that big win because they're just not going to come that easy. You need to take advantage of every advantage you have. Ohio State traveling to Carver, that's not a long drive or a long flight by any means, but that's still a flight. That's still a drive. It's still some traveling. So it's huge trial at least, man. It is, man. I got a question for you. And yes, it would be a big win. And honestly, if Ohio State, if Ohio State wins tonight, they have a really good shot of winning the Big Ten regular season championship. That's how big Thursday night's game is. Yes, there's a few, I won't say easy games because no game's easy in the Big Ten. The last four games of the year will be very, very tough. But they beat Iowa. That's confident. That's a confidence builder. And then you already know. On the 21st, the 25th, and the 28th, when you're playing, well, 21st, 28th, Michigan State's not one of the top teams in the in the Big Ten. When you're playing those top-tier teams, once again, one being your biggest rival ever, you have to you, – you're like, hey, we beat Iowa once. We can almost beat anybody in the country. Now you can't take that into the game. Got to play with the right ego, of right, right mindset, not, not with an ego. But beating Iowa says a lot, not just to Big Ten teams, but other teams around the country. Humor me really quickly. 
I am from Indianapolis, Indiana. That's where I currently live. What do Jack Nungy, he's not from Indianapolis, but he is from the state of Indiana. What do Jack Nungy and Tony Perkins bring to this team? Yeah, uh, honestly, it's kind of funny you bring that up. I actually interviewed Tony Perkins last year. Uh, phenomenal kid. Uh, Tony Perkins has been getting more minutes as of late because TJ Frederick has been injured. And that will be something to watch out for, for Ohio state fans. When CJ Frederick is on the court, he is one of the best shooters in the nation. I know you talked about Jack Nungy. I'll get to him in a second as yeah. well, but CJ Frederick, 50% shooter from the, from the perimeter. He is a phenomenal shooter and also one of our best on ball defenders, but he has this mysterious injury where he can't, he didn't look right against Michigan State. He hasn't played. He didn't play against Illinois. He went out against Indiana. They want to keep him healthy, but they're not sure. But anyways, if he doesn't play or if he doesn't play a lot, that means we're going to get more Tony Perkins time. What I like about Tony is he brings a dynamic that we don't have on the Iowa roster typically. We don't have a guy who can drive to the basket consistently outside of a Joe Toussaint. So Tony Perkins can do that. Patrick McCaffrey tries to do that and can do it. He just hasn't been able to finish at the rim. But Tony Perkins brings that and he brings a great energy on defense. I cannot stress that enough. Again, anytime you see good defense for Iowa, you got you to really praise it because it just hasn't been uh, that great of a season defensively for Iowa. Tony Perkins brings that. Um, and he hasn't seemed like he's out of sorts. He doesn't play like a freshman. He doesn't play like the moment's too big for him. And I think that's really impressive. Jack Nungy, Jack Nungy's going to be a big time player next year. And Iowa fans are incredibly divided on him. And I think for unfair reasons, uh, the one reason why they really are is because there are nights where Jack Nungy just doesn't have it. He can't hit a shot. He can't do any of that. But what he's been doing to overcome those obstacles is playing great defense and bringing the energy again. I'm going to go back to defense, bringing the intensity defensively. Kofi Coburn, the foul calls against Luka Garza were obscene in my opinion. There were two foul calls that should never have happened. Luka Garza just stood there and they called a foul on him. I, I kid you not, that's what happened. Jack Nungy comes in, plays crucial minutes, and keeps Kofi Coburn under wraps. Kofi Coburn's going to be in the NBA. That's a seven-foot-tall, 285-pound man. And Jack Nungy is not that big. He gives up 50 pounds to him and he did a great job of timing blocks and being that enforcer down low, despite giving up a lot of pounds from them. And lately he's been hitting big shots. The only issue I have with Jack Nungy is he shouldn't dribble the ball. No, no, he just shouldn't dribble and he shouldn't be trying to pass. I know there's opportunities or times where they're going to have to do it, but more often than not, it's either not going to work or was real messy getting there. I mean, he tried doing a couple entry feed passes to Luca. It was gross. Uh, he tried dribbling the ball a couple of times. It just made me shudder like, oh gosh, please don't turn the ball over. <laughs> but he does do a good job of shooting the ball when he gets the ball in his hand, doesn't worry about dribbling too much. And obviously the rebounding and the defensive intensity has been really great from him. So those Indianapolis products, uh, they have been great, great assets, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And next year, they're going to be huge assets after Iowa loses possibly three of their starters. Tony Perkins, man, if he would have been able to finish out his senior year, he had a really good shot to win Mr. Basketball. Jack Nungy, I was actually at his last high school basketball game uh, at Castle High School, Southern Indiana, when they lost to a, bu in a, to a, in a buzzer beater. Um, I went crazy. Like The whole stands went crazy, uh, kind of high school tournament style. Uh, as we wrap this thing up, Andrew, um, quickly, who do you have winning tonight's game? <laughs> uh, well, I've been wrong. The last two of the last three games, and I've been wrong on the spreads for all of them. But before that, I was great, and that was easy because Iowa was winning a lot of games. Um, I do think Iowa wins this game. I do think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, I haven't seen what the over is yet, but I'm taking it. Um, I also 
Hopefully it's Iowa going to be like favored by three and I'm probably going to take those points as well. I think it's going to come down to the fact that Iowa has a close lead at the end. Ohio State's going to foul them. Jordan Bohannon's going to be in and can hit some free throws. That's my personal opinion. I'm wondering what you think the score is going to be though. I mean, it, it's Iowa at Carver. They've been struggling. Fran sent a message. I just, I'm really banking on this veteran squad coming out pissed off and motivated uh, to play an Ohio State Buckeye team. So I'm interested what your thoughts are. So here's where I am with this, because I was just, I just got done recording with Ben, and I kind of got my thoughts out a little bit quicker than what I'm going to do right now. Ohio State can win this game. I'm not saying they cannot yeah, win the 100%. game. 100%. Ohio it's gonna State. It's going to be a good game. It was an amazing game, and I'm glad ESPN has this game, not the Big Ten Network. I know it's supposed yeah. to be a Big Ten guy, but let's just be honest. The Big Ten Network, I'm tired of hearing the same people call the game over and over and over. Yep. ESPN broadcast. Better than the Big Ten Network. I'm glad they have the game. Uh, some fans may not like this. My gut says Dan Dodge, Dan Dockage is on the color commentary of this game. Many Big Ten people don't like him. Yeah. I just – I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Um, but as far as the game goes, I do have Iowa winning. I am kind of like you. Higher scoring, close game throughout. I'm kind of going 84-77. Um, not sure. I think it's going to be just late free throws. When we'll, we'll make the game – make the – final margin of victory a lot a yep. little bit larger than what the game actually Agreed. was but 84 77 i got iowa the one scary thing and i'm going to stick with my prediction but when i had asher low on before ohio state played wisconsin we both picked wisconsin to win the game ohio state came out and proved both of us both of us wrong and they won the game so i'm going with my pick but if history repeats itself there's a good chance we're both wrong, and Ohio State wins the game. Hey, we'll see how things yeah. go, but I, I think Iowa was just too good right now, um, especially at the performance against Michigan State. I don't think they can play like that against Ohio State and yeah. win the game. Uh, I just think they'll play better, and they'll come out victorious at the end of this one. Yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine Iowa continuing to struggle for a fourth game. I mean, they brought some of it against Illinois. I just, I struggle to see them struggling against Ohio State in this game. Um, the one thing I think is really interesting is that I feel like this game probably means more for Iowa than it does Ohio State from a win loss perspective. And here's why you can't lose at home, you just can't lose at home. I, you just you can't do it. And Ohio State, that's not a bad loss. You lose to Iowa by a couple points on the road. I don't think people are looking at Ohio State thinking, oh man, Ohio State can't compete. They're thinking, wow, that was that was a really good game, and that mm -hmm. was a tough game. Mm -hmm. Whereas if Iowa loses this game, that looks bad. And plus, Ohio State gets Iowa later on in the season. So this is not a do-or-die game, I think, in my opinion, for Ohio State, which helps out Iowa. But nevertheless, man, if I wasn't one of these fans, Iowa versus Ohio State, I would love to watch this game. I'll be sitting there kind of stressed out the entire time for about an hour and a half. So it should be a lot of fun, man. It should be. Andrew, thanks so much um, for coming on Locked on Buckeyes and also being this little crossover <laughs> action we have going on. Uh, looking forward to doing this once again down the road because the two teams do play again on the 28th of this month, the very last day in the month of February. Andrew Wade, thanks so much, man. This was this was a lot of fun. Jay Stevens, always a blast to come on. Always a blast to do this. Happy and excited for the end of the month show. Hopefully uh, we join that show and um, Iowa's won it over versus Ohio State, but we will see if our predictions come right tonight. Thank you again, man.
All right. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. I appreciate all of you listening. Hope you have a fantastic time listening to the show. If you liked it, give us that five-star review. Subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And as always, we'll be back tomorrow breaking down this game. We'll be talking about the Indiana game and giving you some brief press conference clips of Kirk Ferentz and what our reactions are to that. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a fantastic Thursday, and let's go Hawks.